Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. You know, we go into every new year and um, always give ourselves these goals and resolutions and these blank slates and try to kick off the new year with a bang and, and do it the right way. And uh, on January 1st, 2020, I've been bombarded with gifts and images of Pierre Maguire eating a corn dog. And I just want to thank you all for ruining 2020. And this actually, uh, this entire decade for me, uh, less than 24 hours into it. Thanks for nothing. It's on the bright side. It's all uphill from here. Oh, have we learned nothing? Yeah. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, I hope everyone survived. Um, and if you didn't, well, we'll miss you. But for everyone who made it into the new decade, congratulations. Welcome. It's a new year. It's the same team. And hopefully we will not have used that as the title. I, just, I hope we haven't used that as the title because I think we legitimately have used it three times before. At least. Um, what's new? Uh, Brad sick. I'm not sick. Brad will be sick. Soon. Yes. Evan's My gone. entire household is dying. <laughs> Evan's gone snowboarding. I I assume that's what he's doing in Quebec. I'm not sure. Yeah, There's probably in. some other things mixed in. He's gone to recruit Alexi Lafreniere uh, and is disappointed to find that he's over in Europe right now. <laughs> that sounds like an Evan thing to do. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I guess the only new thing is still just the, the studio. Hopefully now we can start getting those jerseys up. We have a more of a grand design for this. We could. What if we just plaster that wall with a giant octopus, and it just looks like it's ready to like to attack us, devour us? Yeah, yeah. really. Like the way it slants, it would work well. So we would go from like a basement that was like too busy because we had to fill it all with stuff to a room that wasn't too busy, but make it too busy with a giant octopus graphic. The the thumbnail on it, we could attract a lot of new viewers who are accidentally clicking on it, thinking it's something far more horrifying. <laughs> Yeah, the weird folks who think that they're way deeper on the uh, click hole in the internet. Yes. Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. I'm Ryan Hanna. I'm Brad Crisco. And uh, since we last spoke, a good amount has happened. Uh, the World Juniors have trotted on and some Red Wings prospects have made their impact visible. Um, the Red Wings closed out the decade with a bang. Uh, we have all-star implications to talk about, and um, yeah, I'll just chat about a few other things here and there. John Tortorella, the Winter Classic, Corey Perry, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then we'll uh, head into overtime. It's uh, it's a late evening on January 1st, and I think we're all still feeling the effects of last night. So I don't know. I went to bed at my normal time last night, maybe like 45 minutes later. <laughs> Brad, uh, Brad stayed up until midnight with his family, and then when he was here, we were chatting before the show, and I was like, oh, it's cool how Netflix has those like pre-recorded New Year's countdowns, and he goes, what? I was like, yeah, they, they like have like themed ones for like kids, and they do a New Year's countdown, and you can do it at like 8 p.m., and then the kids go to bed. He's like... God damn it. <laughs> Next year, buddy. Next, Next year, year when Mika's probably too old to fall for it. Yeah. Yeah. She'll be four soon. A couple months. Oh, my God. Yeah, I guess she will be four this year. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah, that is weird. You want to you hear something else? That Just the little things that actually don't mean anything, but just, just make you die a little inside? Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. As of today, I've been alive on this planet in five different decades. F oh, because you're... 
I was born in the 80s, so yeah. I've got the 80s, 90s, the aughts, the teens, and the 20s. Did you just call them the aughts? Hell yeah. Why? Why not? What else am I going to call them? <laughs> you just wanted to say that. Also, it could be both. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right, the World Juniors. Uh, truly the biggest injustice heading into this new decade is that we don't get to watch more at Cider Advance in this tournament. They almost did, though. They only missed out by a point. Yeah, and you know whose fault that is? The Americans, by letting Czech get one point against them before eventually beating them in overtime. I'd make the argument that it's Canada's fault because Canada shouldn't have been in this grouping if they didn't finish sixth last year in the World Juniors. Oh, yeah, that's also very true. Like, had you had Switzerland, Kazakhstan, or Slovakia in this group, I am positive Germany would have advanced. I feel really bad for This them. is the best team they've ever had. Yeah, it, I, I really, really, really hope that they don't get relegated. I hope they stay in. Yeah, Cider, again, we mentioned this last episode, and I think the statement still holds, has been the best defenseman in this tournament. Yeah. He won't get recognized as it because he's not going to be playing any medal round games. So any Red Wings fans are sitting, oh, he better get it at the end of the tournament. Well, he's going to be essentially three games short on everybody else. So it won't happen. A um, couple of their draft eligible prospects looked amazing. Um, we were trying to figure out if it was Stutzel or Stoitzel, and apparently it's Stutzla. Yeah. It's Stutzla. Stutzla. But we can say, I think we can say Stutzla and no, be fine with it. There's Stutzla. no going back now. It's Stutzla. 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 After 15 episodes, we finally got it right. Is it mirror? Does that just sound like it would be a delicious dessert? In Stutzla. Germany? That does sound like a good dessert. Yeah. 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 You had a nice like prime rib and some potatoes for dinner. Then you wash it down with some Stutzla after dinner. Oh, it's a liquid? Oh, you can do that too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's either a nice breakfast, like a dessert drink, or an actual dessert. I feel someone brought over like uh, this home brewed something or other, and it was like rum and like a bunch of like holiday spices and like hibiscus flowers and stuff like that. And I feel like we could have called that Stutzla. Had a different name, but I, I want to call it Stutzla now. One of my coworkers got me like um, this hot chocolate kit with with a little bottle of Bailey's. Mm. She's like. Here you go. You know, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Enjoy it when the kids go to bed. If only she knew I won't have that till like May. <laughs> as much as I want to. We buy Baileys. I buy Baileys by like as big as the bottles come. And I have it twice a year. Cottages when there is no stopping. Of Baileys at a cottage. That's that's bold. Yeah, you that's, wake a, up, that's a cold weather drink. You wake it up. You wake up with Baileys in your coffee. You sit by the water when it's still a little cool out. I guess that makes sense for you. I yeah. don't drink coffee, so I do uh, I do yeah. the Baileys and hot chocolates, my jam. And then last night when we were prepping all day for to have people over, and then by like 9.30, I'm already getting tired. I'm like, no, I got to be up until like 2 cleaning. So you giant Baileys, giant coffee. Sounds about right. Yeah. And then with a Stutzla. With a Stutzla to wash it down. Yeah. Uh, back to the conversation about Germany. Uh, JJ Paterka also looked fantastic. Uh, he's, I think we mentioned him as like a second round candidate for the Wings last mm-hmm. episode. Don't think he's getting that far. Yeah, he might not fall. That's what, this is the really big advantage to the World Juniors. I don't really see it as a defining, um, it doesn't lock players into their picks. Like, Let's pretend that Lafreniere and Byfield were more close. You wouldn't use this tournament as like the deciding factor to say who goes first, who goes second, or like who's going eighth or who's going ninth. But what it does do is it exposes you to these guys that really are first-round talents that people don't have eyes on. You um, could argue the World Juniors is why Nico Heischer went first overall. Yeah. That was his coming out party. He was like 19th going into that tournament. And it often is players from countries that aren't traditionally dominant. 
So the Germany's, the Switzerland's, those kinds of countries where they have to work a little bit harder to get noticed because uh, they're not playing in Sweden or Russia. Um, and then they have their coming out parties. So th that's been huge. And you would want to hope that this continues for Germany based on the quality of prospects that they've been putting out. Some fun Moritz Sider stats. This is from Chris Peters on Twitter. He tweeted this out. Um, Moritz Sider's played more than any player in the, player in the tournament as of today um, before the quarterfinal started. Uh, nearly 26 minutes per game. So he's played basically an extra game yeah. versus everybody else. Uh, he's been on the ice for one even strength goal against. That's nuts because as good as Germany is this year relative to other years, they're still Germany and they still didn't win a game. Yeah. I think he's been on the ice. Oh, I, I can't. Six see. goals against total, one empty netter, uh, one even strength goal and four power play. I want to see how many. Uh, it's not showing me how many goals against that they have the entire time, but regardless um six goals against for a team that got pumped pretty much every game is remarkable well, six goals against the first game three goals against the next game four goals against and then another six. Oh so my god 20, 20 20 yeah and he was only on for six of them wow yeah he was he was playing half the game yeah literally that's fantastic so really good stuff from germany now uh moving on the team, the Germany and Kazakhstan are the two teams playing out for re relegation. Yep. Um, Does that expand at all? No, right? No. Like, it's just those two teams. It's just those two teams. Yeah. And Germany will handle them with ease in all likelihood. Uh, it's funny that how, how quickly hockey can turn, too, because only a few days ago when we were in this room talking about the World Juniors, we were just talking about how doomed Canada was this tournament because uh, they came off a 6 nothing loss to Russia where they looked horrible and Lafreniere was out for the tournament. And uh, as, as, as was expected, uh, they won the group and Lafreniere is back tomorrow. <laughs> so that group was wacky. It Every, was, there was like a circle of everyone has beaten everyone by like transitive property, like Canada beats or Russia beats Canada, Canada beat the U S U S beat. I don't know. Actually, after the first game that literally happened, Russia beat Canada Canada beat the States. The States beat the Czechs. The Czechs beat the Russians. The Russians beat the Germans. The Germans beat the Czechs, I think is how it went down. What a nightmare group. <laughs> Legitimately, what a nightmare group. So now in the uh, quarters, you have Russia against Switzerland, um, Slova Slovakia against Canada. U.S. draws a hard draw with Finland and uh, Sweden, Swedish-Czech showdown. Uh, in the quarterfinals so so it's worth noting too sweden still hasn't lost a game in the round robin in a decade yeah that sounds like it would be like a metaphorical joke no literally it's Good like 54 straight games or something like that what an excellent program i would hate one gold medal in that time though so <laughs> can you imagine being a top talent like the united states and playing finland in the quarters that sucks shouldn't have lost to canada yeah that's true shouldn't have went to the overtime against the czechs oh man then germany would have been in Damn. How, how, like Trevor Zegers has oh, how, all the assists in the world. He, Trevor Zegers has played like 11 seconds and has like 19 primary assists. Like he has been unreal. If Moritz Sider hasn't been so fantastic in this tournament, I would have pulled all my hair out by now. Yes, 100%. Um, for those of you who are newer to the show, uh, when Moritz Sider was drafted, our reaction was less than positive, unique. We were, well, I, well, like everyone else, we were surprised and we were heavily beating 
the assuming like the Turcots would be gone and everyone else. We actually nailed the top five. So the, it, the up to Detroit's pick went exactly not quite the order, but the five guys we thought would be off the board were off the board. So we knew yeah who we were hoping for from that group, and that was Trevor Zegras because we wanted him to be Detroit's unreal next level playmaker of the future, playmaking center of the future. And uh, that's why he's demonstrated. I don't know if he's playing center right now or if he's on the wing. When you have that many assists, it doesn't matter. Um, so it's you. You obviously wish every good player was on the team that you're cheering for, of course. Um, and the reality is, is that this doesn't diminish anything from what Moritz Sider has proven. All he's done from day one of joining this organization is proving all of his doubters wrong uh, and taking even more and more steps to becoming mo- one of the most premier prospects not in the NHL right now. So that none of this takes away from Moritz Sider. We are all thrilled with Moritz Sider. And for those of you who haven't been listening for too long, we actually had an episode where we featured Moritz Sider as a, this is someone that we want uh, Detroit to draft in the second round before his stock went up dramatically. So uh, not at all anything against Moritz Sider, but yeah, man, Trevor Zegers. Like the way he finds these plays Obviously, you have so much more time and space in the World Juniors. You know, you'd get dummied if you tried a lot of that stuff in the AHL or NHL. But still, there's a level of talent and creativity and execution there that you just don't see with other players. No, he's got a truly unique ability to create offense for his teammates. And it shows because Cole Caulfield has had a pretty quiet World Junior so far outside of his OT winner. But... Last I saw, Zegers had nine assists, nine primary assists in like four games. It's it's dumb. The U and the U.S. has been fine in this tournament, if not underwhelming. Fine. Yeah, you would want them to have done better, eh? Yeah, they lost to Canada in a very close game, but that Czech game was. Uh, they beat the Russians. They handled Germany, although they were losing to Germany at the halfway point of that game. So, yeah, it's been a weird tournament for them. It's been a weird tournament for everyone. How does the same team that beats the U.S. lose 6 nothing to Russia? I don't understand how anything in this tournament has shaken down, but here we are. Yeah. Joe Valeno played again. Yeah, he did. He got suspended for his love tap um, headbutt, which is a just a demonstration of why black and white zero tolerance rules are stupid universally. Yep. Um, I do that to Mel every time she comes in the door so i don't understand why that's a suspend i understand why that's a suspension and no one should be surprised but still dumb um yeah he missed a game and he came back and immediately made an impact a goal and two assists yep um and they needed him to do that because it looked like alexi lafreniere would be out for ever and he's uh uh coming back against slovakia in the quarterfinals i don't expect him to play a lot that game because slovakia has been bad this tournament and if canada wins by any less than five it's probably an under it's a disappointing performance for them yeah um but yeah we'll see it's uh i wouldn't have played him in the slovakia game just because it's slovakia i'd have rested him out of precaution but hey he's back maybe they'll reunite him on a line with valeno for a few shifts or maybe he just plays the power play i don't know all i know is that if we don't get him number one overall in this draft i'm gonna be rattled uh the yeah yeah. I, and every, okay, can I be clear to something for everybody who follows me on Twitter as well as listening here? When I make those jokes on Twitter and I see stuff like Athanasiu is out for three weeks and I tweet, oh, I swear to God, if we go, 
You all don't need to just bombard my mentions with the fact that we're going to pick fourth overall. I know. I'm aware that's the statistically most likely pick. I know how this works. We've dropped in the draft lottery every single year. I know. Please come at me with different and creative jokes. I welcome the jokes. Be as sarcastic as you want in my mentions. That's pretty much all my mentions are. But when it's 47 of you making the same observation, I get it. (laughs) Uh, Boy. Ottawa is going to draft first and second overall. And it's going to make me so mad because Eugene Melnick does not deserve nice things. Like, not even remotely. Would you accept Ottawa picking first and third overall if it meant Detroit pick second? Ryan, the fact you're thinking about this is disappointing. (laughs) I want to say no. Yes, of course you would. I Ottawa can have two good players if we get a Quinton Byfield. Right, but Ottawa's going to get a Lafreniere and a, a Raymond or a Lafreniere and... Drysdale? Yeah, like... No, they're in the division. Yeah, yeah, I know. That division does not need to be more stacked. Don't care. I'm taking the high... I'd rather roll the dice. I'm going to sim a, a tankathon right now. Oh, okay. I'm not going to talk about what just happened. <laughs> Was it Ottawa, Ottawa, Chicago? Um, uh, Montreal, Columbus, Chicago. Ugh, gross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the next time we talk, I think the World Juniors will have been settled if we're going to go Sunday. Mm. They're on. Yeah. It'll be close. Sunday, January 5th, 1 p.m. Eastern is the gold, gold medal, medal game. game. So yeah, yeah we, it'll be Likely. done. Uh, yeah. So we'll talk more about that then. The Detroit Red Wings. They played a game last night against... Um, San Jose, last game of the decade, December 31st, New Year's Eve game, and they shut them out. First and foremost, I'm happy for Jonathan Bernier. Yes, he deserved that shutout, and he's needed to get one of those for a while. Boy, San Jose is bad. Yeah, what happened to that team? Wow, I think we, even in our, like, season preview episodes, we were talking, like, that they wouldn't be as good as they were, but what the hell? No, not like this. And you know what? I, I think I have to own up to this. I think I thought they would be way better than they were. And you called out that they might drop off. I mean, they gave away. It was Don Scoy, right? To Colorado for like nothing. Well, he was a free agent. Yeah. But so still. it happened. And now I need to clear something up because it's driving me nuts. Because when I was reading everything today on why San Jose is bad, they're, everybody's pointing to like – how bad the Carlson and the Burns and the Vlasic contracts are going to age. They've all got at least five years left on it. That, that That's going to put them in a really horrible situation. I'm not disagreeing. That doesn't explain why they're bad now. Because those players aren't bad yet. No. Some of their, none of them are performing to their expectation, but I don't think age caught up to all three of them that rapidly. Yeah. And at the same time. I, I have a hard time believing that. Um, I look at San Jose and I look at their forward group and I, and I, I, eesh, yuck. Name me four impact forwards on that team right now. Tomas Hurdle. Who's had an underperforming year, but yes. Patrick Marlowe six years ago. <laughs> sure. Joe Thornton also six years ago. Yep. And Eunice Donskoy last year. <laughs> I would argue they've got Timo Meyer. Yeah, Meyer's right, the obvious and one. And... Yep. 
Yeah, but the defense is getting the blame for this team being bad. Well, their goaltenders are horrible. Yeah, god awful. And they they didn't even play bad last night. They only gave up one goal. I don't even know who started. I didn't watch the game because you know I did enjoy my New Year's. So of course Detroit won. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, they have the worst goaltending in the league. Literally giving Detroit a run for their money, if not already worse. They struggle to score. And yet people are already pointing to Burns, Carlson, and Vlasic being north. I sorry, not buying it. Now you you can point to those guys and say, oh yeah, they're like definitely making too much money. Uh, they're going to hinder themselves because if they have nothing else right now, and you have twenty something million tied up in those guys, um, it's going to be harder to build a team around them. And those are all fair points. But no, I like you said, I have a hard time blaming all of this on you know the Eric Carlsons of the world. That'd be like right now with Detroit struggle going, you know whose fault this is? Philip Ronick. Well, there are, there are a lot of people who will say like uh, Larkin, the reason they're losing right now is Larkin. I'm like, no, Larkin can't give 110% every game. That doesn't exist physically. Like he's going to die. No. Yeah. One of our assistant captains is at about a 0.75 point per game pace. He's the fault when one of our other assistant captains is literally being matched and scoring by our goalie. <laughs> No, that's definitely the problem. So they won. Uh, they won against San Jose. It was a well-deserved shutout for Bernier. Uh, Hronik scored another full length of the ice empty net goal. Um, and uh, yeah, you you mentioned that it touched the ice, so it didn't count. Which <laughs> fair game. Um, <laughs> you gotta. You can't go backwards. You gotta one up yourself. Yeah. He has to do it again, but now it has to go bar down, or it can't just go in. And then the one after that, he has to flip it over his head, facing the other way lacrosse style yeah. behind his own net yes 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 um Can and then the, the one after that between his legs yeah it's got to be a whole series of them you gotta have fun while you can do you think he is there i don't know how it's constructed is there a possibility he could put it over the scoreboard without touching any wiring and it lands on the other side in the net oh I don't. I haven't looked above the scoreboard so i don't know if there's clutter there or if there's a lane no definitely not but we can dream so even after that win, the uh, the Red Wings are currently 11 points back of New Jersey. <laughs> and New Jersey has two games in hand. Oh, my God. Uh, they have the same amount of games played as San Jose, who's uh, two spots ahead. And they're 14 points back of them. So, <laughs> yeah, the Red Wings won a lottery bowl game, and it still didn't change anything. They It would take one of the greatest end of season comebacks in hockey history for them to get 30th if they finish think about that if they finish 30th they'll be so mad (laughs) if there was a team right now in like 10th place 11 points out of a playoff spot at this moment and then made the playoff spots it'd be a run we'd talk about for years like when the hamburglar dragged ottawa into the playoffs i think if the red wings made the playoffs this year it would be a greater upset than like leicester city winning the premiership I know you're not big into soccer, but that was like 2,000 to 1 odds at the start of the year. Forget forget the playoffs. I'm Okay, pull up a calculator. Let's do some math here, if, if we can. So the Red Wings have how many points right now? Do you know? Do you 23. Have it up? 23. Okay. They had 74 points last year. Mm-hmm. What? How many points and how many games? So what point percentage pace would they need to keep to get to 74? They would Which need, was good for what? Fourth last in the league last year? They need 74 points. Uh, so, so they need 50, they need 51 more points in the last 41 games. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is a playoff pace. And just to get back to where they were last year, they need 1.24 points per game. 
So that would be over 82 games. Uh, over 41 games. No, no, no. 82 games times one point, whatever you just said. Hold on. Oh, this is going to be bad. 102 point pace. So they have to play a 102 point pace to equal last year's futility. Yeah, guys, I think we have last overall locked up. 102 points would have had third in the division last year. And they have to do that to equal how bad they were last year. Which was, yeah. And Ottawa had 68, so it's not, yeah. It I, would it would take near a 100-point pace to be the worst team in the NHL last year. This is hilarious because I predicted Detroit to be last in the league with like 70-something points. Like <laughs> 71. Yeah. <laughs> not like this. Um, well, the, the, okay. It sounds dumb. Mm-hmm. And it makes no... Sure do. It's actually kind of nice the first half of the season was as horrifyingly bad as it was. Yeah. Because we can actually, air quotations, enjoy games down the stretch now because we won't be ripping our hair out every time Detroit wins a game. No, seriously. I like, think it's it, legitimate. It, it legitimately was like if if they we had beat a team that was two spots ahead of us in the lottery division last year this time, mm-hmm. I'd have been pissed. Like I would have been like, well, great. I'm happy the team played well, but I'd have been actually pissed. Go beat Boston. Don't beat a team that you're competing for first place. The fact I was happy they won yesterday was actually nice. So that's the only silver lining I can think of to how the first half of the season has played out. Yeah, we don't have to like go gray when they when Darren Helm scores like four game winners in a row at the end of the season. Well, they'll still probably clear last place by like seven points. If they do go on a 10-game point streak, though, I will be upset. <laughs> it won't happen because look at the roster, but... The only way it happens is if, like, Mantha's healthy, Athanasia is healthy, Larkin's rested for some reason. Zadina goes off. Yeah. There's Cider is up and the team's rejuvenated. I was going to say, and there's another competent defenseman on the team. Is actually a factual statement I can make because it's literally Philip Hronick. And I feel like calling the other five guy is generous. Philip Hronick and the ghost of Danny DeKaiser at this point. By the way, are you getting as irritated as I yes. am? About yeah, I know what you're, yeah. He's putting up so many points. Wait, who are we talking about here? What is the defenseman who every time I look at the oh, score yeah, sheet yeah, is yeah, putting yeah, up yeah, offense? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I was no. Not- he doesn't irritate me because it's 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 Brendan Smith. It's of no Brendan Smith never put up this many points. Well, he's not playing. Bowie's not playing defense. He's not playing defense. He gets walked every single game. I know, and it. I'm getting angry. Because I don't know how to feel. You see him make a nice play in the offensive zone that re- like leads to a goal. And you're like, hey. And then next shift, high danger chance against because he decided to, I don't know, look at a fan in the fourth row to see what they were eating. It's, I don't, I can't. He's like, I think he's like top, what, seven or eight in scoring on this team right now. I'm top eight in the scoring on this team right now. It's, Jonathan Bernie is like four. He's catching up to Athanasiu. <laughs> Like I, I actually have to pull this up for curiosity's sake now. You do that. Um, so right now, worst defenseman in the league, Madison Bowie, is eighth on this team in points, only two points behind Valtteri Filippola. He's ahead of Helm, Zadina, Clendenning, while well, Chalos gives him an up, Hiroshi, Mike Green. It's <laughs> He's ahead of Mike Green? Comfortably. Huh. He's five points ahead of Mike Green. How many games has Mike Green played? Obviously not that many for Powie to be handling him but that much. Um, Mike Green has played 
32 games and has seven points. Yeah, we're not trading him at the deadline. Yeah, here's the thing. Madison Bowie play like he has that. Oh, he's played less games than yeah. Green. He's okay. Here's the thing. Yes, he has that ability to create an offensive play. I'm not taking that away from him, but it's the proverbial question at what cost i know and that's why i'm so angry i'd like him to make it a simple he wouldn't have this job if this was a competent hockey team he's not on no, 30 other teams you know so it's fine when he's up but if it was if this was a guy who every once in a while contributed offensively and every once in a while got burned on defense then I would actually say, yeah, your previous want for him to be like a, a good third pairing or seventh defenseman, I would I would love that. But this is a guy who occasionally makes a great offensive play, but all the time gets destroyed on defense. And it's like, yeah. why are you even playing defense? Just put it, make honestly make him a fourth line winger. Honest, honestly, why not? Why not try him out there? I don't care. Brett Burns 2.0, except not as good. Well, it's because uh, the Red Wings blue line is depleted. Yeah, happen. this is fair. Brian okay. Lashoff's playing right now. Devil's advocate question that's going to sound very inflammatory, and I'm at the point of the season I don't care. Mm-hmm. Would Bowie be this bad defensively with a confident coach? Could yes. could a good coach save him? Yeah, I think he would. Yeah. Or, I don't think he would. Uh, he had two great coaches in um, Trotz and Reardon in Washington. That's fair. And he wasn't good there. so That's fair. Um, he had hope. And I think things just fell apart for him. I do see your point, And I do think things tend to fall apart more and more rapidly for these kinds of players when there is no support structure around them. And, and that'll give in, you credit for. In terms of coach and D partner, he is kind of on his own island right now. 100%. So um, that's why I don't want to fully jump off the Bowie train, even though I'm like 98% off of it. Because that last time I stuck up for him and he just had the worst statistical game of the season the next day, I'll never forgive him for that. And then you mysteriously were sick on next episode. Right. And then, uh, so I'm not fully off the train, but I'm keeping. I want you to do it. I I'm, want you to do it just to I'm tempt keeping fate. A, I'm keeping a hand on the dock. Yeah. Okay. Just just in case. And I'm sitting. I'm literally sitting there with a beer, waiting for you to drown. Yeah, you're in the canoe like ten <laughs> feet from me. I'm about to swim to it. I'm prodding you with an oar. Like, <laughs> come on, buddy. Just let go. He's not coming. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's coming. So, like I said, I've finished my beer. I've thrown it out. I've folded my chair on the dock. I'm in the water. Just that hand, just in case. A lot of cottage talk. Buddy, I'm so cold. It had we're past the holiday. I had to walk like 40 feet from my car to your front door, and it pissed me right off. I was so cold. <laughs> That's what I have to do at your place. I had parking in front of my house. You chose to park down the street. I know it's because your neighbors hated it. They would uh, with the big trucks. They always intentionally park in front and behind me, like super close, because they hated that I parked in front of their house. Did I ever tell the story when they actually screamed at me for parking in front of their house, and I almost got in a fist fight with the guy? Really? Oh yeah, because I just called them. It was a long story. Not a story for the podcast, but yeah, he teed off on me. He's like, "What are you doing in your spot?" I'm like, "Dude, I'm on the public road." Yeah, there's someone in front of my house. I had to park somewhere. And he's like, where am I going to put my truck now? <laughs> Not my problem. There's, there's he, parking everywhere. I just kept giving him these very blunt, short, obvious answers. And he just kept getting angrier and angrier until his wife literally dragged him into the house. It was, oh, it was art. Who knew that a guy with a lifted lime green truck would get that angry at you over a parking spot? Yeah. And they have like five cars that like reside at that residence. There's oh, a yeah. truck. They have a trailer they in the, the trailer. summer. There's two Mustangs. That, By the way, those Mustangs in the morning, I think his son drives it i'll kill him if i ever actually see him 
oh, six in the morning. You don't need to step on the gas, buddy. It's a Mustang. Calm down. Uh, before we devolve too much into boomer humor here, um, the All-Star game, the Red Wings selection, we predicted Heronic. Tyler Bertuzzi, in the face of all of the talent uh, at Ford in the Atlantic Division, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi was selected, which honestly, thrilled for Bert. He's having an awesome season. He's been the Red Wings' most consistent player. He's probably overall been the, among the Red Wings' best player, if not their best player. And fourth when everybody's firing. Yeah. Um, but no, that that's awesome for Tyler Bertuzzi. It's, again, kind of took a lot of people by surprise. Seemingly him as well. Uh, yeah. Do you know who had the most reasonable take on him being in the All-Star game? Tyler Bertuzzi. Tyler Bertuzzi <laughs> had it. Uh, he, he comes out and says, I wouldn't be here if every team didn't have to have a representative. So, A, he was degrading himself. And, B, he was degrading his entire team because he admitted they didn't have an All-Star on that team. Does he want to be on this podcast? Because he's fit right in. <laughs> I, would, I would argue Hironic should be an All-Star either way because he's, I thought again, so too. again, much like Bowie claiming to be on an island. Hironic doesn't even have land under him. He's on a dinghy in yeah. the middle of a storm. Um, he's not been perfect. Like uh, for anyone who's, you know, pays attention on Twitter, I, I tweeted out a play of him where he, uh, missed some pretty obvious assignments on defense with led, which led to a scoring chance. And those are some holes in his game, but he's also been the Red Wings best defenseman by a country mile. He's also what? 21, 22. Those are the things that come in his first full NHL season. So it was Bertuzzi. And then the last man in vote for the Atlantic didn't even include Mantha or anyone else. It was Larkin. Well, Larkin's had an all right season. You could definitely make the case Larkin's had the second best season on this team. Yeah, I mean, a healthy Mantha would be. A healthy Mantha, Mantha's the all-star. Yeah. There's no debate there. My all-star ballot for the Red Wings probably would have went Mantha, Heronic, and then I could have interchanged Larkin or Bertuzzi, however you wanted. Um, His goal last night was another beautiful tip. NHL's best puck tipper. Um, they should have a puck tipping competition at the NHL All-Star Game just because that he would dominate everyone else in that. Do you see that competition tree, uh, Jamie, Ben, and Tyler Sagan? Yeah. Holy hell, do I want that to be an All-Star Game. Cool as hell. I, so cool. I want that in my life. Forget yeah. the All-Star Game. I actually want to own that machine. I would never be productive ever again. It's a vertical pole that stands in the middle of the net and with like these targets that flip from side to side. So if it's on the it's right side the hinge, yeah. and you hit it, it rotates around to the left side. And basically... It's you and another shooter next to each other, and you guys are competing to see who can flip all the targets to the opponent's side before they can do that to you. Such a cool concept. Yeah. yeah. Please, please, NHL. They really need, we need to, we do, honestly, we need to get Merrick on to talk about these kinds of, you know, things to make the All-Star game fun. Everyone's like, oh, here, Tyler Bertuzzi said uh, that about himself, like he knew he wouldn't be there. And then <laughs> Dylan Larkin, when uh, he was asked about being uh, up for the vote in the last man in, he actually said, please don't vote for me. I would much rather have the days off. <laughs> Which is the surest way to ensure the internet votes him in. So congrats, the Red Wings will have two All-Stars now. That is a mood if i've ever seen a mood for the red wings this season fan player or otherwise like that is i felt that in my bones but don't vote me in i'm tired <laughs> i'm i'm tired of this shit please god i just want a nap <laughs> dylan where are you going on are you going to the caribbean you're gonna do a trip you're gonna go visit some family I'm locking myself in my bedroom with a 2-4, some snacks, and Netflix, and nobody's going to see me for 72 hours. Watching season one of The Witcher and then playing through the games. Shut up. 
don't talk to me. <laughs> Every time I step on the ice, I got three cross checks in the back. Someone cuts my tires. Someone cut my tires this morning. You know who my line mate was today? Darren Helm. I play on the first line. My line mate was Darren Helm. Please. I need a break. <laughs> Jeff Blashill calls me at four in the morning sobbing <laughs> every day because he's worried about his job. Because he read, read NHL trade rumors dot Papua New Guinea dot Southeast Wales dot ME. Stupid. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Don't. No. I've, I've avoided it this week. Don't. You know what the worst part is? No. The new worst part is? Mm-mm. We've already talked about these garbage sites that, that spew this drivel. Now, there's other sites who acknowledge the fact that their only source is another site, this like garbage site that just makes shit up. And then they put that out as news and their headline is like Blashill to be fired, which didn't. The, the story was he was going to be fired before New Year's. So... Ta-da! It's obviously all garbage drivel. And these, like, it just... These websites are now a self-fulfilling prophecy. Website 1 reports something because Website 2 posted it. Website 2 posted it because Website 3 posted it. Website 3 posted it because Website 1 posted it. And it's just the cycle of bullshit that's never-ending. If we could figure out a way to turn this into actual physical energy... Oh, yeah. We've solved... Everything. We solved the energy crisis. It would fix everything. And then you look at those accounts, 20,000 followers. And Hey, you know, at Ryan, at Brad, any credence to this? Look, I understand the want to discuss it. And sometimes someone sent it to us from like one of the ancillary sites, not the site that like actually makes it up. And I was like, oh, if they're talking about it, is it something? And I read the article and they just were like, no, we admit we have nothing. It's just this other first garbage site. It's deceptive. It is stupid and it's just pure clickbait. Oh, God. In 2020, we won't give those people attention anymore. Still waiting for that Mantha for Rissa line in trade. <laughs> How's that? A callback to four months ago when we were talking about these garbage sites. What's his name? Evan Rodriguez? Yeah. Has requested a trade. What cool. do you think about him? Mm, we have him, except he's older and more expensive. Oh. I don't, I don't care what player I'm talking about. Pick one. <laughs> I think he's he's a fine centerman. He makes, what, two mil a year? If we can send one of the older guys so that we get the same player, just younger, fine. Yeah, no, Buffalo won't take that. Buffalo's under pressure to, to be much better right now. I'd say we could send them a defenseman. We don't have those, and they have too many. Where is Buffalo in the standings? Oh, I far they're down. in the free fall now. It's, they are, it's happened. They're at 25th overall in the league. Oh, yeah, boy. They were in an Atlantic uh, divisional seed no more than two weeks ago, I believe. Um, who else made the all-star game? For Boston, obviously, David Pasternak, Tuka Rask, uh, Jack Eichel, Bert Tuzzi, Jonathan Huberdeau for Florida, Shea Weber for Montreal, Anthony Duclair, good for him for Ottawa, yep. uh, Hedman for Tampa, Anderson for Toronto, and Matthews for Toronto. Um, and then the last man in voting... Uh, Patrice Bergeron, Rasmus Deline, Dylan Larkin, uh, Alexander Barkov, Max Domi, uh, JG Peugeot, Steven Stamkos, and Mitch Marner. And that's just the Atlantic. I won't go over the whole league. Um, stacked, though. Can you imagine being Mar- or Brad Marchand's not even mentioned here? Nope. Patrice Bergeron, Mitch Marner, Stamkos, um, Barkov. Those guys all aren't in. Yeah. And Bertuzzi is. <laughs> 
Uh, we need to rid this one team. Every team needs a representative. It the only it's an all-star game. It's not that fun to watch. It's something to talk about. It's great. Uh the only problem I have with this now is it means nothing to be an all-star. No, yeah. It because really does. how many all-star games did Zetterberg play in? Oh, two? I don't know. One, two? Because well, every team needs to have a representative, so how many Tyler Bertuzzi's got in because he didn't yeah. And so he didn't because how, however many Tyler Bertuzzi's of the world he got in. Remember how we could say, yeah, Gordy Howe was an all-star for like 20 straight years. Yeah, that meant something back then. Yeah, that, but that was an accomplishment. It meant you were legitimately one of the like 40 best players on the planet every year. It means nothing now. And now you have, you know, Alex Ovechkin choosing to skip the all-star game because it's pointless. He's already paid his dues there. He knows what he's going to get and he needs to rest because he's 34 years old and he's trying to break Gretzky's goal scoring record. I mean, he's also trying to win a Stanley Cup this year. Yeah, I mean, yes, obviously. Um, and I respect that. Yeah, I would too. I don't like if I was a player, and again, I, I'm saying this as a guy who's obsessed with hockey and I get on the ice every chance I get. Yeah, no, I'm, if I'm playing 82 games a year, I'd happily play 81 and spend a weekend in the Caribbean instead. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And so it is. Like, I would, if we had a game on the Wednesday night and no more games till the following Tuesday. I don't even think I'd have all my gear off after the game by the time I got to the airport. Uh, another quick thing I want to talk about before overtime: uh, John Tortorella uh, stepped onto the mic. I uh, stepped up to the mic after a particularly controversial into a game. It was complicated. Essentially, time came off the clock that didn't need to come off the clock. The it ran long past the whistle, and he asked the refs to hey. There's only 18 seconds left. It should be 19 something. Can you fix it? And to which um, the rest basically told him to piss off. Um, and then sure enough, Columbus scored the game winning goal 0.3 seconds after the buzzer went. Mm-hmm. So it actually did cost Columbus a win. Mm-hmm. Game went to a shootout. Columbus lost the shootout. So they lost the point in the standings. And in that shootout, just to rub salt in the wounds, they lost their starting goaltender for the next four to six weeks with an injury. So he tore the NHL and the referees a new one, uh, which he should have. And if you do that in the NHL, you get fined. Baloney. Um, Columbus had a true fan base. They'd already have the GoFundMe to pay that fine for him. Legitimately. Um, The NHL released a statement which explained nothing about the actual technical process he was complaining about. Yeah. Why was it not? Why, Why did they not fix it? It was a problem. And instead, they talked more about his unprofessionalism and how they wouldn't accept that kind of criticism, which, again, if your argument to someone says, hey, you did something wrong and your argument is you can't criticize me and I'm going to punish you for criticizing me, you're arbitrarily wrong. Automatically, that's some bullshit. That's the way the NHL has always operated. It's the way pretty much every professional sports league in the world operates. You're not allowed to just go and freely uh, criticize the refs, which sucks because then you have situations like this where they can obviously come out and you know say the right thing or or do the right thing or correct it for the future uh but instead uh you know the focus is more on oh here's a bunch of words to make it seem like there's an explanation there's not and also john tortorella is a dick and we're finding him okay you know imagine how angry john tortorella is but like to go for how big of a problem this could be if you want to take the extreme angle here columbus is a small market team Mm. they need every last dollar they can Imagine if you're the owner of the Columbus Blue Jackets and your team misses the playoffs this year by one point. You don't get any of that playoff revenue. You don't get the uh, invigorated fan base from the unexpected playoff run this year because they are in the hunt right now. They're one of the hottest teams in the league. 
because the refs didn't do their job or the league didn't do their job. Oh, you know, they're going to miss by a point now. It's going to be close. (sighs) It's it's staggering that you can have that level of incompetency at the highest level of any given profession. Um, last thing, the winter classic happened today. I have two takes. One, Corey Perry's elbow to the head of Ryan Ellis is the kind of hit that ends careers. And that was a Bush league move by Perry. That should be a 12 game suspension. So I look forward to seeing how much his fine will be. Yeah. Two games, maybe, um, stupid, stupid play. Uh, second take is that Dallas should wear those as their main uniforms. Those are gorgeous. The STDers. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't care. It's better than the slanted star. I think that that their current yeah well it's better than their current jerseys, but all their old iterations, every single one of their old iterations is better than their current ones. They just need to go back to those. That's fair. That's Any one of those. The well, star with no, the sorry, star. not not the Dallas basketball jerseys. Not that stuff. one. Sorry, yeah, those were among the worst ever. Yeah, those were terrible. But the actual star with the stars written across with the green star design, or you wanted to go just the black with the white bar and the green stri- sure. If you really want to be ballsy, North Stars. <laughs> Will Minnesota? Minnesota's getting the outdoor game for next year. Should they wear the North Star? Yes, 100% they should. Yes. Because that's hysterical. By the way, my favorite tweet I saw about that was I, I died laughing. So they were talking about um, yeah, Minnesota has been awarded the 2021 Winter Classic. Cool. It's a good hockey market. Fine with that. Opponent is to be announced. And down goes Brown. Tweeted, oh, TBA, the Blackhawks again. (laughs) If it's the Blackhawks, I will punch through a window. They can't possibly, right? They couldn't do it again. um, Apparently, the front runners are St. Louis right now to play in that game. Yeah. Other teams being considered. I don't remember who they all were, but Chicago was one of them, and it was only like three teams. Columbus is in there. Yeah. How is it not Dallas? If they I want I want the hate game. I don't care if Dallas is in two in a row. It's got to be Dallas. Because that just and for I the want, hatred. And I want them to both wear North Stars Yeah, jerseys. just both wear the opposite North Stars jerseys. I think that'd be funny as hell. Uh, okay, we will uh, take this time to head over to Overtime, which on this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast is brought to you by Motor City Garages. They are a family-owned and operated business servicing Metro Detroit. They do garage flooring, cabinets, overhead racks, wall storage, getting your forward into the All-Star game when he maybe didn't uh, deserve it over other guys, uh, and everything to do with your vehicle. Enough of the messy garages everyone is sick of walking through. It's time to turn it into something useful. Whether you like to work on your car or if you'd like an organized space, we have you covered. 3D designs and a lifetime warranty. Motor City Garages park in style. We're going to head over to Patreon, who during our midweek episodes uh, only get their comments read out on air uh, for overtime. Oh, he changed. Justin changed his name too. I love my playoff bound Packers. Yeah, good luck, pal. He just says, sup. <laughs> Can relate. Oh, shut up. That, that counts. That's Brad. Brad talked about the Bills. That means he put Didn't money in the it. jar. Didn't We're going to get it. We're going to get a jar. Didn't say the team name. We're going to get a jar, and once we have the table, we're putting it on the damn table. We're putting Wait. money in the jar. You, what is it, like a quarter for every time I mention it? Something like that? Mm. I think I have to make it more expensive. Otherwise, you'll you'll No, because I'm, I'm going to put 20 bucks into the jar right away. <laughs> if the if if Buffalo wins in their playoff game against Houston on Saturday, if they win, I'm walking into this room just dropping a 20 in the jar, and that's the beginning of the podcast because I may never get to do that again.
Charlie said, Lyric says the wings win. Uh, the wings last win in the 2019, uh, the Wings' last win in the 2019 against the Sharks somewhat cuts the sting that has been this season so far. Since the Sharks tr- Sharks traded away all their prospects and picks, uh, and DeBoer being fired, a long rebuild is likely for GM Doug Wilson. Pick three teams you'd want to be uh, GM for, and three you would not. Uh, heard this on WFB and wondered what your response would be. Thanks again, and Happy New Year's. Oh, that's a good question. Three teams I would want to be the GM for, like in general or as they are now. Yeah, like right now, like consider all their circumstances and three you wouldn't. Okay, well, number one that I wouldn't right off the gate beyond debate is I'm not working for Eugene Melnick. So Ottawa's out. Ottawa is the easiest answer for me. The absolute answer. Um, I would say a GM I would. I'm going to say Toronto because the amount of play that media and fan you know, passion has into their decisions. Like they have to basically cater every decision to make sure people don't burn the city down. And I have no interest in that. So Toronto and Ottawa are two of my picks. And um, I would say the third one would be Arizona. Cause I would not want to be the GM of a team that's perpetually in danger of moving GMs. I would want to be, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to go with mine. Okay. I don't. So I already said Ottawa, I'm going to go Minnesota one, because and if I'm going to be GM of a bad team, I'm going to go to a good weather climate. Minnesota, I love you guys, but no. And also, have you seen that roster? How the hell do you fix that? (laughs) Um, And then I'm going to go Montreal because all the same criticisms and pressure and just sheer volume of nonsense that you get in Toronto, except half of it I won't be able to understand. So you're Ottawa, Minnesota, and Montreal. Yeah. (laughs) GMs I would want to be, or teams I would want to GM for, Tampa Bay, because A, amazing team, great foundation, and it's Florida, great weather. Uh, B, Vegas, because same reasons, and Vegas. Also, no tax makes negotiations with your players that much easier. And C, Edmonton, because Connor McDavid is a cheat code. And if you can get that team a cup, you will never pay for a drink again. God, if it wasn't for Connor McDavid, Edmonton would have been on my do not GM list. I know. And that's I, how good Connor McDavid is because I'm not interested in Edmonton weather. I, I'll agree with you on Tampa and Vegas. Those were my top two. And then my third would be just trying to think of all the good warm climate teams. Ooh, Nashville. Oh, Nashville is a good one. I like Nashville. Fun city. And this is all assuming that we couldn't pick Detroit because I think Detroit would replace Edmonton for me. Man, if I wasn't a fan of the Red Wings, they wouldn't even be in consideration. I know. Because I'm a fan of the Red Wings, they'd be number one realistically, but taking the bias out of it. Uh, Adam Flett says, Happy New Year to you all. Uh, uh, not asked for not asked anything for a while as it's all been covered however i was wondering your thoughts on the uh, grand rapids griffins at the start of the season we all expected playoffs now that's not looking likely is the coach an issue he certainly had a playoff caliber team uh should eisman look into changing the ahl coach as they directly influence development you know i've not paid so much attention where i can speak to the coach's systems and, and how he's handled the team but it is disappointing to have a team of this caliber not do better um I have heard rumblings of Ben Simon kind of being a little bit of a Blashill in terms of how he handles the team. And that that's, I'm not a big proponent of Jeff Blashill. I think the only reason I think that he should be kept on right now is because it helps the tank. And if you do want to subscribe to the theory of he's never had a good team to work with, I could hear the argument. Both things can be true at the same time. Brad's, you know, ugly and annoying, but that is, uh, he makes great points like that quite yes. often. Barry Trotz wouldn't have made this team good. 
But Jeff Blaschel also doesn't make them better. If Ben Simon's doing what Jeff Blaschel is now, I would think, yeah, he should be replaced. Um, that said, I, I'm not going to put that in writing because I'm not uh, well-versed enough with him as a, a coach. Well, it's been a rotating door of players in and out in Grand Rapids this year. They're a very young team, even by AHL standards, which isn't going to help you a lot. A lot of first-timers this year, AHL rookies, guys in and out of the lineup. Rasmussen's been hurt for a chunk of it. Zadina's now up in Detroit. Valeno's away at the World Juniors. He's and that and again, all the guys up and down to Detroit. He's not had the easiest time. So I, I would say it's way premature to fire him. But yeah, you might have to take a long hard look at uh, an organizational overhaul at the end of the year. Um second question is to do with the pipeline who is your favorite prospect in each position and by favorite i mean the one you like the most or the one you believe will deliver at the nhl level for me it's burger and cider and petrozelli um i think cider has to be a cider is the obvious answer on defense i guess the, like the the easy answers for fords are valeno and bergen mm-hmm. honestly i friggin love master simone though He's God. Do I like him? He is just compete with skill. I am. If he gets his skating together, I he could be an absolute steal. Where we picked him, Mastro is that pick that made sense. It was the first pick of the draft where everyone was like, "Okay, think." Finally, we we they, they've made that pick where that guy's on the board. He shouldn't be because. Yeah. The Red Wings are among one of the teams that pass on Niels Hoaglander twice, unless I'm mistaken. No, just once. Oh, did he go right? Yes. He, went, traded he went before Master Simone. Yeah, someone traded up. Yeah, we didn't like. He Wait, didn't, no. Oaklander uh, went like, uh, I don't know. He didn't make it into the 50. Well, Master Simone wasn't the Red Wings' first second round pick. That was anti Misto, right? Yeah, yeah. We we passed on him with Misto, and then I think Hoaglander went before we picked Master yeah, Simone. Yeah, yeah. So the Red Wings passed on, um, yeah, they took Misto ahead of Hoaglander, who went a few picks after one, two, three, four, five, five picks later. And, you know, Vancouver's laughing right now because he's been great. Um, so, yeah, so Cider, I'll still say, I'll still say Valeno. I, I think it's exciting to watch Valeno, but you're right. If Master Simone pans out, that could be the guy where we look back and say, how did that guy fall to the second round? In goalie yeah. Larson, I'm staying with Larson because he hasn't been bad. He's just he can't stay healthy. So if that works out, then yeah, and great. But mm, that's beginning. Here's the problem: there's not a goalie in the system right now that I really like. You know, we got to start making shirts, more shirts with just instead of just our logo. We have to make them with like quotes. Goalies are voodoo. Has to be one of the quotes. Yeah, goalies are voodoo. We don't know who will pan out. Might be Jorn Van Pottelberga. Yeah. We don't know. Maybe if we're picking fourth overall this year, it'll be Askarov. Who the hell knows? But Sean, right now, it's not looking like a position of strength for the Red Wings. Sean Bottoms says, Happy New Year, Dub Dub family. It was nice to see Bernie pull off the shutout last night. He's actually looking pretty solid, and I hope he continues to improve. That said, I was looking at Brad's retweet regarding the Wings' comments during the All-Star game. I think Larkin's comment was just a joke, but Bert's comment got me a little worried about the mental state of the young guys. Should we be worried about whether or not the young guys will start to get depressed as the season drags on? We sit here and discuss this rebuild process uh, as it will continue for a couple more years, but how do we know that the players we've developed will stick around if we continue to extend it? I get the eyes are playing and trusting people up front, up in the front office to make the right decision, but I'm really worried about whether these guys will stick around for the result. Sorry to bring the mood down a bit. You guys are doing great. Have a happy new year. This was the whole thing I brought up about why you don't want to go full tank. This is this was 
This right here was exactly my argument when you were kind of defending, like saying, well, we might as well keep Blashill around because he doesn't oh, yeah, the yeah. standings. This is why you, the argument against that. Um, I agree with you that this is a bad, th- I agree with both you and Sean that this is a bad thing. And I think this goes even further back than um, Blashill. I think this goes to Ken Holland. Yeah. Because the they're bad this year, but it's, they're they're not newly bad. I don't think it's the magnitude of how bad. I think it's the the length and how long this rebuild will take. And that's not controlled by the coach. That's controlled by the GM that built this dumpster fire of a team, which is Ken Holland and how he locked down these contracts. Um, that's that's the stuff that motivated me to be screaming from the rooftops to say yes. Ken Holland did a lot for this team, but it's time to go because look how he's already hurt them. Um, I wasn't interested in giving him the the wheel to try and fix the thing that he, you know, he put us in that hole. He, he wasn't going to dig us out of the hole that he put us in to, to start. Um, and so seeing the construct of this team right now, the only reason we're in this situation is because of that. So, yeah, I I had the same thought when Bertuzzi put out that statement. I was like, man, I get it. Like, it's hilarious and it's it's good that he has his feet on the ground, but you need those guys to to feel like a million bucks you need them to be on cloud nine as much as possible obviously they're not going to playing on a losing hockey team but yeah it's a very real possibility that players ask uh ask to leave you have two buffalo sabers right now who are uh have trade demands because they're you know their rebuilds have taken forever and they don't feel like they're being properly properly utilized i'm not going to go into who they are and how they produce because i'm not so big on rasmus ristolainen but i digress um it is important it's important to give these players something to galvanize around and it sucks because, you know, yeah, we have to be patient and there's literally no other way to do it. You want to try and cheat a rebuild, you get what Ken Holland created. You want to do it the right way, you get what Steve Eisman is doing right now, but you play with fire because you know, players are depleted and they're upset. And they're not developing how they want. So do you fire the coach and give the players something to rally around and all of a sudden they're you're you're drafting 11th instead of first? Like it's just this horrible situation which you wouldn't be in if you didn't make years worth of mistakes like Ken Holland did. And also all the times we talk about like the dumb platitudes about leadership and character and you need got good guys in the room. Now here's the thing. This is just some funny quotes that could have been taken out of context. We don't know if these players are actually just like miserable in the press, but assuming they are so if we're playing the card that they are this whole leadership group on this entire organization has failed because even when you're losing it's your job as a coach as a gm as a one of the leaders in the room to keep everything upbeat to keep the mentality positive to keep everything's going other teams have been bad and turned it around quickly because of a good coach because of x because of y because of z but they're mentally in it if detroit isn't that that's a huge indictment on the whole organization right now because this is when you would get like ryan was saying trade requests and guys who are free agents down the line that you want to resign that don't because they know when it gets bad it's good again it's why like even though john tortorella is a hothead and we love him for it but how many times do you see him in front of a press group making a joke laughing having some fun it's more common than you'd think same with john cooper I don't think I've ever seen Jeff Blashill make a joke. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm i not even saying that to be sarcastic. I don't think I've seen one. Jeff so, Blashill, not funny, confirmed. Maybe, maybe he's a great guy in the room and he's good at keeping everything loose. And he just he's like McDavid. He just locks it down as soon as a camera turns on. I don't know. But, man, if if it is that bad, it's a massive problem that that is that needs to be fixed 
uh, tomorrow. This isn't a, ah, let's just ride out the rest of the season because, hey, the trade deadline's coming up. And you never know. And Eisenman keeps things under lock and key real tight. For all we know, there might already be a couple trade requests. Uh, Jacob Lozen says, Aloha, Dub Dub family. Bradley, I have a wager to wage with your waging ass. You say that Tyler Bertuzzi, son of Todd, father of Tad, will not break 55 points. Oh, ye of little faith, Mr. Cresco. I bet you WWP swag that he breaks 55. You lose, or if I lose, I'll buy you four rounds of whatever crafty hipster beer you decide to drink here in Grand Rapids. Bet. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Evan. I have no quarrels with you, kind sirs. Happy New Year's from the mitten. <laughs> I don't know where I, I became the wager guy because I don't ever bet. But uh, let me see where he's at because yeah, I, can, I can toss you a t-shirt. I think he's on pace for 30 goals. I think he's literally on pace for 30 goals. Honestly, I've been so out of it this season. I haven't been keeping track of the stats as close as I normally do because it's sad. it makes me sad. Uh, so Bertuzzi's got... Yeah, he only, he's got 15, so he's on pace for 30 goals. Well, you look that up, and then I'll continue. Uh, Jeff Layman says, Happy New Year's, boys, now that we're halfway through the season. And oh, he's going to tap dance past 55. Why would I make that bet? <laughs> he's halfway, like, he's on pace for 60-something right now. <laughs> I think he's rejected your wager. Uh, Jeff Layman says, Happy New Year's, boys, now that we're halfway through the season and tallied the 10th win. Is it time for the Iser plan to come into 2020 focus to make a last-to-first run to emulate the uber-success of the St. Louis Blues franchise? I'll take my response off air. <laughs> That's exactly how we're going to give you your response, you pile. <laughs> Haroon Khan says, hey, guys, on January 1st last year, the Blues were last. Today, the Red Wings are last. This means we're going to win. Oh. We're going to pick six again somehow. Anyways, great win. And man, I feel bad for the Sharks. Also, what are the possible scenarios you see playing out before the trade deadline? Happy New Year and let's go Red Wings. I think it's going to be a rather quiet deadline because the Red Wings don't have players teams want. Um, unless Athens CU heats up, I really, like Brad said, I don't really think there's going to be much of a market. And uh, there always will be Teams asking for someone of Athens to use caliber, but right now they're going to try to take his muted season as an excuse to underpay. And you don't sell low on a guy like him. Maybe we'll get we'll see some mid round picks for some spare parts like Green or Howard, who will be good depth pieces for contenders like insurance policies. So I wouldn't be entirely surprised if we see like a fourth round pick for a Green and like a fifth for a Howard. But I'm not unless it's a blockbuster out of left field. I'm not expecting much. Uh, Mark Burnham says, were, were the 2010s the NHL's best decade yet? Wasn't great for the Wings, but it was definitely a strong decade for the league. Pretty entertaining playoffs. Tim Thomas is running in 2011. Penn's repeat. Penn's caps playoff rivalry. Leafs getting knocked out in game sevens. Ovi finally getting his cup. St. Louis going from last to champs. And Vegas's historic first season. The decade also featured a return to Winnipeg, the Ottawa dumpster fire, some big free agent and coaching sweepstakes, and the caps summer long uh, bender. I'm sure there's a lot that I'm forgetting too. Pretty entertaining stuff. Happy 2020, boys. Um, the fa- 90s were the peak. Nobody will ever beat me on that argument. And any decade where the Hawks and Penguins win half the cups, I'm sorry, it was awful. If you want for NHL growth, NHL growth and marketability, yeah, phenomenal. Crosby, Kane, Ovechkin, Matthews, McDavid, um, you know, all of those guys were featured. Jonathan Quick, Andre Kopitar, all these guys were featured heavily. So it wasn't just all the Crosby show, but... They still had uh, half a season lockout. All the lockouts happen in every decade at this rate. So yeah, the 80s were the last decade we had without one. It was up, it was up there for sure. 
Matt Cheney says, Happy New Year's, Dub Dub Boys. As per usual, the World Juniors does not disappoint. What a crazy tournament so far. Some quick hits on some of my favorite stories. Canada's bounce back from the Russia loss. Zegras dishing out apple pies like a drunk grandma on Thanksgiving. And Germany's emergence, at, emergence as a hockey nation thanks to Cider, Stutzla, and company. Who are some surprises in this year's tournament that you will you think will help them move up the draft board? Uh, you mentioned JJ uh, Paterka yes. was the one that immediately comes to mind. I don't think there were many others that like jumped out. Lafreniere in his like twenty minutes of play has galvanized himself. This is the number, yeah, there's Byfield's been unnoticeable. Lafreniere's been was the best player in the one game he played. Uh for draft eligible like. Stutzla's helped his cause. He's he's a very serious candidate for third or fourth overall now. Yeah, it could, running through the other countries in my head, Holt maybe has had a stronger tournament than I think we might have expected, and like the Terra Twins for Sweden have been good. So I don't know. I uh, the, the Germans were the good surprise story. I haven't seen too many other surprises. Uh, Everett Johnson, Everett. We love Everett. Everett's a uh, sponsor of the show in multiple ways. He's a patron and also facilitates the giveaways uh, that some of the giveaways that we've been doing. There's currently one running on Instagram right now. It'll close on Friday. So check that out where he's been giving away tickets. Lower bowl, you're visible on TV. We love Everett for that. Um, so he's special to us in a lot of ways. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why I paused to look at you. I don't know. I wanted you to chime in. I thought, I, like, were you going to offer me some tickets? Because I am taking the family to the game on February 23rd. But uh, Anyone up for a wrangle? Brad versus Evan. Evan's not here, so Brad wins. Round one, fight. At the end of the 2010-2011 season, Brian Rafalski chose to walk away from the final year of his, year of his contract. At the end of 15-16, Pavel Datsuk left for Russia with one year left. And at the end of 17-18, Henrik Zetterberg LTI retired with a handful of years left. These are a few of the most recent examples of Detroit players who did not play to the end of their contract. If you could turn back time, if you find a way to have one Red, Red Wings player that retired early play for at least one more season, who would you choose and why? It's got to be Rafalski out of that list, right? Yeah, because when Zetterberg and Datsuk did it, the Red Wings were not contenders. Yeah. There's a chance Detroit could have made a run in 2012, so I'll go with that. Uh, a Red Wings team with Brian Rafalski in 2013 beats Blackhawks and makes the cup finals. Yep. Um, Joseph Fournier says, hashtag, oh, fuck, we lost Terry. <laughs> Just your average Tej says, what's up, dud duds? Happy New Year. Uh, been almost listening for a year now. Hey, man, that's amazing. Thank you so much for you guys. If this is your one year, if you found us around this time last year, thank you. I guess we could be saying that every episode because it's not, I don't know, who starts listening to a podcast. Time is a human construct. Yeah. Who was it that said that? It was just somewhere on Reddit today. Uh, no, there's a... a Oh, it was Morgan Riley. Someone's like, oh, this is the end of a decade. And he's like, every New Year's is the end of a decade. 2008 to 2018 is a decade. That's the end of a decade. Or like, Jesus, Morgan. <laughs> it reminds you of just how stupid hockey players are. <laughs> um, Brad, I wish your Bills all the luck this weekend. It's a strange year when the Bills are the best team you root for. With all the sadness surrounding the wings this year, uh, I had a dream that we drafted Alexi. So, I mean, there's that. Anyways, on to more important questions and comments. Hashtag Safe Fresh Cheese Bag. Hashtag, oh, fuck, we lost Terry. Hashtag, go pack, go. Come on, man. Sorry, Ryan. Dylan Krill says, hey, guys, happy New Year's. Do you think Hronik is a true top two defenseman going forward for us? Top two. Or do you think Eisman will be looking to add through free agency or trade? Who would you realistically want him to target? Um, I, the, I wouldn't. I don't want him to go that heavily this summer. But if he does, I guess Tori Krug. Who's rumored to already have an extension agreed. They're just working out the I's and T's of it. 
With Boston? Yes. Yeah, so um, I think Corona could be a top-pairing defenseman. He certainly looks like it. I don't think he'd be the driver on that pairing. Um, the only problem with Philip Peronik being a top-pairing right-side defenseman means that Mort Sider isn't because yeah. he would be on the second pairing, then, which is good. Hopefully, it's a 1A, 1B situation. But then um, you are missing two top-pairing Top two pairing left yeah. defenseman. But if uh, Hironic and Sider pan out like it looks like they're going to pan out, I want Eiserman to go out and target however many left-handed shooting defensemen he can. Um, is Hironic the Red? Hironic is already the Red Wings' best defenseman. Will he be the Red Wings' top two defenseman moving forward? Very likely. Um, if he's not, it's probably because of Moritz Sider, like Brad said. Uh, is Phil Hironic a top two defenseman on any team in the league right now? No. Can he be? Yeah, I think I think there's a real chance based on the steps we've seen him take that he could end up being uh, a number one or number two guy on a lot of teams. I think he would follow as a three or four on a lot of teams as well. But there's he's still shaking out, and to his credit, a lot of things have gone well. He needs to round out some things in his defensive game, uh, but it's simple stuff like positioning, which does come with time. Dylan also says, "Here's to another great year for the Winged Wheel Podcast. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much, 2020." Poised to be a big one. I feel like this is the first. This was the first episode in a little while where it wasn't like a mad scramble for us to get it sorted, which is a good sign. It's because nobody worked today. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, thank you all. And it was a mad scramble for me to get out of the house. We are. Yeah. You got two kids. It's going to be like that for a while. Oh, it wasn't even the kids. Sick wife. Oh, yeah. Sick wife, sick life. That's what they say, right? I kind of actually held up today. Welcome uh, to the new decade, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Thank you for those of you who have been with us for a long time, and thank you to all of our new listeners. Uh, We'd like to thank all of our name-level sponsors. I love my playoff-bound Packers. Scott, uh, actually, first of all, Arjun Shanker. I know I... Arjun's name gets pushed down the list for some reason. So Arjun Shaker, I love my playoff bound Packers, Scott Martin, Luke Johnson, Mitchell Shinkowski, Hussam Al-Kassem, uh, Clayton Van Dyken, Mike Reed, Aaron Taylor, Langabeer, uh, Matthew M. Rice, Kayla Thompson, Ryan Lewis, Sean Levine, Matt McKay, Hannah Lee, Kaylin Wood, Jacob Turner, Charlie Elkins, John Evans, Rob Thiel, Craig Kibble, Stan Olson, uh, Danny Jr., Kay Waz, and Simon Anderson. Thank you all so much. Uh, we will see you on Sunday. And here's to a great 2020. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.